One of the main advantages of startups is speed. You execute quickly so you can grow faster than your competitors, and then you take the incumbents down, right? That's how the story goes. Well, unfortunately, going fast and executing quickly is a little harder when you're remote because you're not in the same room. You can't get together and whiteboard out a problem, right? Remote makes it a little slower, which really matters for a startup, which is why I'm really excited to introduce our new sponsor for forward-thinking founders, Sidekick. Sidekick is a hardware device that connects remote founders with an always-on video. With Sidekick, you just turn and you talk just as if you're sitting in the same room. It's great for teams that are working on something from scratch and are working all the time founding a company. Luckily, because you're a listener of forward-thinking founders, you get Sidekick for a discount, $5 off per device. So if you're interested in having an in-person feeling, in-person environment with your remote team, feel free to go to sidekick.video slash FTF to get $5 off a device per device. So you could save up to $20, $30, $40 a month by going to sidekick.video slash FTF. So if you're feeling the remote woes, you know where to go. Sidekick.video slash FTF. What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies. And the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus. So if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones like with Imadi Kuhn, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews. So check it out. Enjoy the repository. And for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm excited to be talking to Michael Aubrey, who is the founder of Story Creator. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Hey, what's up, Matt? Good to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you on. And I, you know, I, when I discovered Story Creator, um, just great website, great product. I really wanted to dive into what you're doing. So for people that don't know what Story Creator is, what are you working on? Yeah, so basically it's the Canva for video. I've always been fascinated with design tools. Um, I think they're the most interesting software tool that you could possibly uh, consume. Uh, I love working with Sketch, Photoshop, uh, Figma, all these tools. Like Those are my favorite, most delightful experiences that I have while working on the computer. Um, and so I wanted to be a part of that. I wanted to create something um, that you know I love using. Uh, I thought it'd be fun uh, from an engineering perspective. And so I just went for it. So let's talk about um, uh, what what it is. We'll talk about kind of what it is and then uh, the backstory. So Story Creator, I'm guessing based on the name, uh, I, I, mean, I know, but the audience is guessing, you know, you create stories. But could you like go into like, what are you able to do on Story Creator? Yeah, so I'm trying to make it accessible for people to create videos. I think the future is video. I think it's the most effective way to communicate. Um, and so my goal is to give somebody in a startup the ability to create a compelling video for their company that, and they don't necessarily need to have a background 
in video editing, right? That's a huge bottleneck for a lot of companies is if they have to pay somebody $800 for a video or for just a few videos, or they have to hire somebody in-house to create uh, videos specifically um, for, for that part of their business. It, it, there's a lot of overhead for that. So my goal is to try to reduce that friction, reduce that bottleneck and make it super easy for the solopreneur, for the, the small startup, for the agency that wants to uh, scale out their, their organization and not necessarily have to hire a bunch of experts. Um, and even for somebody that does have skills um, that wants to be able to reduce the amount of time needed to create social media videos. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I agree that things are shifting to video for sure. And there's still some tools for it are like super hefty. Um, but I think before going deeper into what it is and how it works, I kind of want to back up and learn, you know, why did you start yeah. this and a little bit what's the origin of the story? Yeah, I mean, back when I was in Illinois in a small farm town, um, I always wanted to, to make something big. I always wanted to do something with my life. And initially it was sports. I was always interested in getting into sports. And I thought when I was like 13, 14, 15, that I'd be a professional basketball player. Um, and so I, I dedicated a lot of my time and, and effort into basketball. I realized shortly after in my late teens that that wasn't going to happen. Um, and so I kind of got into a period where I was a little lost, uh, you know, because this was my dream. This is, this is what I wanted. Uh, but I had all this built up sort of aspiration just sitting inside of me that was that like all this potential that I wanted to unleash. And so I knew, uh, you know, when I eventually found myself during that period is it was to build a company. Like that's sort of the natural transition for, for ambitious folks. If you don't make it in like acting or sports, it's sort of like you're, you're, you want to dominate in the business world. And so when I was in my late teens, um, that's sort of like how I redirected all that energy. Uh, but the thing was, I, I, you know, I was in a small town, limited resources, raised by a single mother. And so I didn't really have connections or a network. Um, so I had to sort of like do it on my own. Um, so I figured out the first thing that I needed to do was get out of the town. So I did everything I could to go do that. Um, and so I just packed everything up, left, went to San Francisco. I didn't know exactly what type of company I wanted um, or anything about business at the time. I just knew that technology was the future. Technology was interesting. I had a passion for technology. It's, you know, the way to build scalable businesses. So where do you go to do that? You go to San Francisco, right? Um, it's, it, times are changing now, but back in 2000, I think 13 is when I took the, took the leap. Um, that's where you would want to go is San Francisco. Um, so I just knew I had to be there. Um, and then from there, I just sort of like figured it out um, over the years um, spending time at, at various startups. I knew to get into the door, I had to bring something of value. Um, I had to be good at something. I had to be interested in something. And that was engineering, right? I think like if you're in San Francisco, you can be, um, you know, one of, of many things. You could be either an engineer, you could be a product manager. A lot of product managers come from an engineering, back, engineering background. So if you're not that, then you're either a marketer or your sales or something of, of those sorts. You need to be able to bring something to the table. So I just knew out of all those things, what can I best bring to the table? That, that was engineering because that's what I sort of gravitated towards in my late teens. Um, and so that, that's just what made the most sense. That was my in to the industry. And even if I wanted to build a company, engineering was the tool that I could use to build the company as well. Little did I know that you need a lot more than just engineering skills. You need to like have sort of a well-versed uh, tool belt of, 
of, of various things like marketing and sales. And it's not just engineering. Having engineering is, is good. Um, but, I, but that's sort of the thing that I needed to learn over my time. As long as I had my foot in the door, which is what I was looking for, then I could sort of figure it out. And that's sort of over the, the five years spent in San Francisco, that's what I've done. I just talked to a lot of uh, mentors, talked to a lot of CEOs, talked a lot of, made a lot of friends and talked to them about starting a company and learned what business was all about, learned what I needed to do going forward. But the biggest thing was just getting that foot in the door. That's really, that is the biggest thing to like get start a career in tech. Um, and so it's something that so many people have done and so many people have failed at. It's like, and it's one thing I'm actually interested in, which, which we won't talk about too much here, but just like how, how to make it you know, more attainable to break in, in some ways, because it's so hard for some people if, you know, even if they're in another country, but, but regardless, you did it, right? And now you didn't just do it. You're now like the star of the ecosystem, aka you're, you're, you're a founder, right? Like found, just like Brad Feld talks about, like founders drive ecosystems. So you, you're founding yeah. story creator. Um, tell me a little bit about Let's say I wanted to use it for forward thinking. Like, what what can I do on Story Creator? Is it like a just a like a a simple, more simple to use like like video editor? Is it different tools? Is it like templates? Can yeah, you kind of walk exactly. me through a little bit how it works. Yeah, exactly. So, like the video world, like if you're a professional, there's a lot of nuances to it. Like like color correction. There's a lot of like settings that you need to know to be a good uh, uh, video um, producer. Um, and with that comes a lot of overhead, comes a lot of dials and knobs and a bunch of things that look alien when you open up a thing like an, an Adobe product, right? They're great products. They're amazing products, well-engineered. Uh, the only problem is they're very complicated and sometimes over your head. And so, yeah, the, that's exactly what it is. It's the goal is to give you the essentials that you're, you're going to need. For um, a common video, you need like things like the ability to, to visualize objects on an artboard, like where their placements are, right? Um, that's, that's the first key thing. But now how do you do that in an easy way? Well, Canva nailed that. So I basically just studied how Canva's artboard works and then just mimic the artboard, right? So you have a very similar experience to that, but then you throw in the concept of time, right? So videos are basically a bunch of images that like it's just a series of images right so it's like what you do in canva with one image you're just you need to be able to do that a thousand times right so that's that's where you have a timeline right so you can actually traverse through time and so you have a series of of images um through like 10 seconds or 30 seconds or 10 minutes right so it's basically you throw in a timeline and you just make that intuitive as well um and then you just reduce as much friction you reduce as much dials and knobs and complex, complicated UIs, you make it super friendly, super simple. Um, and then the theory is uh, with that, then you can give, as long as people have understanding, fundamental understanding of time and how like, you know, to segment different clips, um, you could try to reduce friction on, on the timeline front of things uh, in combination with an easy to, to view um, uh, artboard. Um, and you just really like declutter the UI, make it super friendly, super easy. Um, and so sort of that's the theory um, behind uh, making it easier for users. And then in combination with getting feedback, just talking to a lot of users and iterating. Um, but that's, that's the end goal is to try to make it as, as friendly as possible. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can even look at the, anyone listening can, can go to your website now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's story creator app and to just see this. I mean, it's a, it's a friendly brand and the examples of this, it, it just it looks fun, right? You go to the website and it's like, damn, like I want to use this tool. Like this looks fun. Are you, yeah. are you, um, 
positioning yourself, not necessarily externally, but in your head, do you kind of want to like, you look at Adobe and like, these are like super, you know, just like complicated, powerful tools. Are you almost trying yeah. to build like, like the, not the Adobe for X, but like if Adobe built a, a great tool for simple, for more um, simple needs for video, is that kind of what you're trying to do? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. Like, I think that's basically what Canva is. Canva is just Photoshop. It's just Photoshop for dummies, right? So I'm just trying to be photo or I'm just trying to be like after effects for dummies. Yeah, that's awesome. That, that's so cool. One thing I want to dive into, which I actually don't bring up very often, but I align with your story is, you know, you, as you mentioned, like the first thing you needed to do to break into SF is get out of, from where you were, right? You're yeah. as, as the language I've been using, like, it's like insider outsider. Like you're, you were an outsider. I'm an outsider, right? I live in Phoenix. Um, but like yeah. outsiders, I would say most insiders now were once outsiders, but I'm curious for you, do you, do you have a perspective on building and tech that you feel like originally growing up outside of the Bay has helped you build this company or what's your perspective been like um, spending so much time outside of the Bay and now in the Bay? Um, I, I, guess, I don't know if that question makes sense, but I would just love your perspective on that dynamic. Yeah, I mean, it sort of does. I mean, the, the sort of derivative of that is um, sort of the stigma that you get while you're in the feedback loop, which is um, kind of labels that, that a lot of people in tech put on uh, sort of what, what is what. Um, and so by being an outsider, uh, you don't really uh, associate labels with anything. So you're sort of, um, you, you're not, you don't label yourself. So you can actually be uh, anything that you wanted to want to be without having to like fall into the conformity. Right. If that makes sense. So basically like when you go to San Francisco, it, it's like the, the, the common like cliches is like, Oh, there's designers and then there's developers. Very rarely is there both. Right. But when you're from the outside and you don't know all the lingo, you're kind of naive and you don't really realize that it's, it's like not normal to like do, do design and do development. And this is just an example of, of a lot of like what stigma can create. Um, and cliches and, and just like being a, a part of a feedback loop that kind of conditions you to like uh, say like this is right this is wrong this is possible this is impossible where you're kind of coming from an outside perspective you don't really know what's possible so you can kind of like you know navigate um, on your own terms and, and 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 almost like ignorance is bliss but like you you don't put labels on yourself and you can kind of be <laughs> whoever you want to be and do whatever you want to do without putting these mental um, and, and societal like like barriers around yourself you kind of ha have more freedom in that sense um but then there's like the opposite end of things whereas like the labels and and like the, the the lingo and the terms do actually um have an impact and have like effect um because they can actually prevent you from certain um you know mishaps and, and pains um so and then that's where like being ignorant can actually create pain unnecessarily but on the on the pro side of that is you get to be able to kind of um be, be like free uh if that makes sense yeah it makes a lot of sense you phrased it in a really interesting way that i, I really agree with um yeah it's, it's it's something i spend a lot of time thinking about um just being i kind of live virtually in the cloud in san francisco but physically not yeah and it's interesting. It's just an interest. And then I talk to a lot of founders on this podcast. Many are NSF, many are not. So it's just something I spend time thinking about. The um, coolest thing though, you just kind of reminded me, like I, I was big on Stack Overflow back in the day and just big on a lot of like, like consuming a lot of blogs, a lot of tech articles, tech crunch, all that stuff. And this is in my small town. I remember the first time I entered San Francisco, the first thing I, I saw was all the like tech ads, like the billboards. 
of all like the companies that I loved and adored. I remember I was using MongoDB at one point. I remember dry, like my first time going into Palo Alto, like I saw uh, right next to the Phil's Coffee, uh, there was um, there was MongoDB, like the headquarters. And I just remember driving around and see like the Lyft headquarters and seeing like all like the Twitter building. And I was just like, I was so mesmerized by being in San Francisco because it's almost like you're like you're in the internet when you're in San Francisco. It's really trippy. I had the same experience. We we got into an accelerator last year. Yeah, you, you're. I don't know. I don't know the name of the highway, but you're driving into SF, and you. Yeah. you it's just all the billboards. Just every single all billboard is dead. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you, you you think you understand until you get there, and then you get there, and you're like, okay, now I understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially from as as like being an outsider, like when that's just not the norm. Like that, like you get all that like uh, content through your through your phone or through your through your browser but actually seeing it in the physical world is, is so trippy. Yeah, I agree. So I have one last question before we go into our standard last few, which is, you know, you, you said you're the founder of this. I am curious, like being, there's a lot to do as a founder. What do you spend your time on during the day? Are you building? Are you selling partnerships, fundraising? What's an average day look like for you? If, if there if there was an average day, what would it look like? Yeah. I mean, my comfort zone tends to be on the engineering side. So like, I, I always like fall into, oh my God, like I have an idea for a cool new feature. I'm going to make this more innovative. I'm going to make it more faster. Um, and I, I tend to fall into that trap. And, and the, I mean, the positive side of that is like, I'm able to really outperform a lot of competitors product wise. Um, but I'm really trying to consciously pull myself away from that and, um, you know, stay organized and structure my day around partnership sales, um, you know, getting out of the engineering mindset. So I'm trying to um, do whatever I can to get out of that mindset. I've, I've um, been able to uh, set up partnerships uh, through like cold emails, um, really just sort of um, looking at companies that I thought would be a good fit to partner with StoryCreator um, and just reaching out to them through uh, several channels. Um, I don't necessarily like doing a lot of outreach stuff, but I know when I got to do it, I got to do it. And so I just sort of bite the bullet um, time to time. I do it. It's a little bit uncomfortable. And then I, I pat myself on the back and then I slowly get back into my comfort zone. And then I have to like read, like I have to like talk to like Faraz, my buddy, and he'll tell me, you know, you need to stop engineering. You need to only fix bugs and talk to customers. Um, and honestly, I don't even think I would have gotten my first sale if it wasn't for Faraz, my buddy, because he like would get on the phone and be like, Hey, I'm going to send you the mom test. You need to read the mom test. You need to do user interviews. You need to stop like coding. You need to talk to people because for the first like several months, I just like, I was coding, I was coding, I was coding. And then he like sort of woke me up to the fact that like, I need to get out of this comfort zone. I have this blind side. I have this bias. So a lot of my time is just spent trying to find my blind sides, figure out what actually needs to be done from looking at patterns, uh, from, from what mentors are saying, from what, uh, people on, on forums are saying what my friends are saying um, from like the feeling of not getting the results that I want to get and, and using that as like a driver for, for how I should organize my week. Um, and I, I joined an accelerator program for, for one, for that reason uh, to be able to get some um, insights from other experts. Uh, I talked to Daniel Gross. He's helped me a lot uh, with like refocusing um, and setting, uh, you know, uh, obtainable goals. And so really just doing whatever I can, uh, to, to get out of that comfort zone and, and move the needle forward. Yeah. I mean, you're thinking about it the right way for sure. So many people just build, 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 and that's it. And then it die, like build, build, build done, you know, but no, you're building and sharing 
which is what it's about. And let's say you, Absolutely. let's say you, you, you keep building, you keep sharing and you do that all the way until IPO, right? AKA like you, you, it works out, you know, the company, yeah. like you, you build it, it, it happens, whatever you want to build, you know, 10 years from now, what does that look like? What, what, what does story creator look like? And I guess in other words, what is your big vision for this company? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's like you, you sort of get out of life, what you expect, what you think you deserve. Um, and, and sometimes it's, it's hard to believe that you could be a billion dollar company. Um, but I look at Canva, I look at the fact that they're $4 billion company. I think they're doing 50 million in revenue. It's crazy to me. You know what I mean? It's just like, I know a lot of how their software is built, um, from the nuts and bolts perspective. And it's crazy to me that that is worth $50 million in value. And it makes you realize it's not the nuts and the bolts. It's not the constants and the lets and the variables and the for loops. It's, it's, it's not about the design, the pixels and the CSS. It's about the communities that they've built. It's about the, you know, the, the sort of the problems that they've solved. It's about the feelings that they've invoked amongst a large amount of people. Um, it's about the, the impact that they've made overall. And so like there, I, I start to readjust my view on money and, and it, it becomes less about, Oh, I'm Mr. Burns, a million, a billion dollars. It's like, holy shit, if I can get to a billion dollars, that means I've been able to impact that many lives. I've been able to like, you know, really touch people and, and, and provide them value. Um, and so to me, like shooting for, for, for a billion dollars is, is, is fun. It is good. It mean, it's like, it's actually gives you sort of better direction for like actually solving problems for people. I think by being more capitalistic, by wanting a, a bigger valuation, it's sort of, um, you know, I, it just makes you more ambitious. Um, so like, there's a part of me that, that really wants to, to go to the, the billions of dollars. And it, it's like, I have to convince myself it's possible. I mean, if Canva can do it, if all, it's, it's just crazy how companies get valued. Um, but it just, it is what it is. It's just a correlation of value. It's a correlation of the market liking what they've done. Um, and then there's another part of me that's just like, Hey, I, I'd be okay with like 10 million uh, in annual revenue. Um, I think that'd be noble. I think that'd be great. Um, it's, it's more realistic. I'm not like setting way too high of expectations. Um, so for me, I'm just like, you know, like I, I want to like baby step. I want to get to 1 million or I want to get to like 1 million in, in like a year. Uh, AR. I want to get to 10 million in like two years. And then, uh, you know, once I have stability, once I have a great team around me, um, that, that's something I would love to do is have a, a really good team, smart people. I want to learn from people um, that could then be like, Hey, this is, this is working. We love this company. We love this organization. Let's then take it to the next level. So it's hard to answer that question. Um, but I would say like, that's the direction I would like to go in. I'd like to baby step it, get a, a solid company culture going, um, and actually make something of it and then, and then take it to the moon or to Mars or Jupiter or wherever, however far. Uh, I would like to push it as far as it can go. Who knows? Why not? I mean, there's something really exciting about what Elon Musk is doing. He's trying to push it as far as he can, even if it's not realistic, right? There's something really fun in that. And that really gets people um, involved and excited. So, so maybe it's, it's, it's worth it. Life is short. Let's just shoot for the moon. Why not? So let's say you get to Jupiter. And what, let's say you, yeah. and I, th I think you will get to Jupiter. Obviously, in from Earth to Jupiter, you're gonna need some help, right? You'll need some employees, oh, like what you're talking about. You might need some investors if you want to go down that route. You'll need users and customers. But what I can definitely, I can guarantee you, what you'll need is help from the forward-thinking founders community. So, for my last question for you is, how can the forward-thinking founders community and listener base help you? 
you know what? I'm always on a lookout for a good community. Like the, 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 the value that like Indie Hackers has offered me has been amazing. The value that like Sam Parr's trend group has offered me is, is amazing. Like really good high value communities can make the difference between like night and day. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I'm really looking forward to a high value community. I think it could, um, you know, help me connect with like-minded people, um, people that, you know, are five steps ahead of me can give me a little bit of direction. Uh, and then I'd like to also, you know, share what I've been learning and maybe teach a few other people that I might be a few steps ahead of, um, because that's the best way to learn yourself. And, and, and it also offers other people value too. So um, I love communities. Um, I would be glad to be a part of that. And the, um, I guess, final, final question, is there an ask that you have, you know, is there something that you're focusing right now with your company? Are you hiring someone? Are you looking for customers for BD? Are you, you know, fundraising? What is there an ask that you have that, that maybe someone listening might be able to help out with? Yeah, so I'm looking to uh, raise a round. Uh, I'm going to close the round at 300k. Um, I have a few VCs that I'm talking, or not VCs, but angels that I'm talking to. I don't want uh, like a huge uh, amount of capital and a lot of expectations. I'd rather keep that low. I'd rather give myself 18 months of like secured runway um, and also like cash to be able to put into the business for growth, cash for, um, you know, ads, cash for really smart people that can, you know, handle uh, a lot of the weaknesses that I have, like in, in, in that are experts in like marketing and, and growth. Um, and so, yes, I am raising capital and I'm also looking for, you know, really smart people that want to, uh, you know, be a part of this mission and, uh, that would like to reap in the benefits, uh, from, from our successes. All right. And then finally, where can people find your, your, your company, your app? What's the, what's the website URL? Are you open on email? Are you on Twitter? How can, how can people connect? Yeah, to I'm everywhere. Find, find uh, me at storycreatorapp.com or at Michael Aubrey, A-U-B-R-Y, no E. Some people get that mixed up uh, on Twitter or, or Instagram. I've actually like done less Instagram. I'm more into Twitter now. Twitter's great. Uh, yeah, you can reach me out there and uh, we'll connect. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I think what you're working on is really interesting. I think your enthusiasm and charisma will take you very far. And I just wish you the best of luck making it happen going to Jupiter. Thank you. Likewise.